You and are the Yoda of abdominal tumors. I have been so geeky this week, you guys. This is Serious Business. Greetings, and it's time for a very special edition of This is Serious Business. Is this a segment? Is this a whole episode? We don't know. I basically accosted Rob as soon as he got home and made him get on Skype so we could talk about Gone Girl. Or I could talk about Gone Girl at him, and he listens politely. Either way, hey Rob, how's it going? It's going pretty well. <laughs> Glad to be here on this Thursday evening. <laughs> I know, it's so late. You like, uh. just got home, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, I mean, it's only, it's not even eight o'clock here. It's even later for you. Yeah, but I just got out of the movie and mm-hmm. I have so many feelings. You saw it a few days ago, right? I saw it opening day, actually. Oh, well, shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I had plans for the evening and then I was just going to go pop in the movie theater and it was mm-hmm. at like, I was probably like 8.30 or 9 at the time. It was sold out until 10.30. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah, I forgot I lived in a city full of readers. <laughs> um, uh, I guess opening question real quick Did you read yeah. the book? I did not uh, did not read the book I, I've heard good things It's been recommended to me by you And uh, some other people Actually I have other friends uh, That's true that have read it And have loved it And even I don't think you were even the only one to say I should try and read it before seeing the movie I don't know It's just that kind of book It seems to s- stir a lot of feelings in people no, I just never, I didn't do my homework. I just <laughs> saw the movie. Would so. you consider reading it now that you've seen the movie? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> one of my it main, yeah, one of my main things is that they really did Bowdlerize the cool girl speech, which is probably one of, like, that's something that a lot of people remember most about the book. And they, you know, pay lip service to it. I don't know if you remember in the movie, but it's like, we don't. When her first reveal. Oh, hey, guess what? Gone Girl spoilers. <laughs> oh, yeah, a lot of those. Yeah, we're going to be spoiling this mother all up and down. So, yeah, it's time to turn this off if you haven't seen, seen or read Gone Girl yet. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, when Amy is first revealed to be alive and she's talking about, you know, that girl, you know, is obviously like this because she's pretending to do it for a man. That whole speech, like, they really, I feel like they took a lot of the bite out of it. And... Well, they did make it clear that Amy is an unreliable narrator and that, like, her speech isn't truth. It also took away some truths that resonated in it. Yeah. So, like, it's a speech that, like, people see shades of themselves in it. Not quite to her degree. Yeah. But anyway, so I read the book. So I I would say the book is still good, but basically you didn't like the movie, so it's a little soured for you. Yeah, it's weird. I feel shitty kind of saying like, oh, now I'm not going to read like this thing that's probably really good. The no, way but that you the, already know the I twist. do know I do know the story now and it 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 didn't intrigue me enough that I I want I want like more texture of it. In fact, and I think we we talked a little bit about this uh, before you had seen the movie after I'd come back where I'm having trouble sort of picturing what what kind of book this actually is like i i, I described it to you as like this comes off more like uh david fincher doing like james patterson or something like that like for someone who hasn't read the book it, it trashy is too strong a word i think but it it is sort of like it comes off as like a beach read maybe that's the phrase i'm looking for i don't know it just comes off as like pop pop literature pop 
something that you see at grocery checkout and not something that you know all my very intelligent reader friends were allotting for such a long time so that is weird because uh, well how did what did you think because uh, i had friends that i saw it with who had read the book and they they also felt that it came off not quite it didn't didn't have like the maybe the subtleties that the book had yes the problem with this is the what the movie does is it follows the book structure, which is a chapter in Nick's point of view, a chapter in Amy's diary, chapter in Nick's mm. point of view, back and forth until it becomes just Nick Amy speaking for real. And I think that does disservice to, well, yeah. well, it does service to Nick, but he doesn't deserve it because yeah. don't hear, cause it's told in, uh, he speaks like he addresses the reader and you don't hear how he sees himself. Like, you hear how Amy sees herself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And mm -hmm. so he comes off as kind of hapless in the movie when he's just as much of a dickbag. Or, I mean, he's just like a sexist jerk. And it's yeah. much more evident in the book. The book is genre. Like, it's a mystery. Like, it's, yeah. it's a genre novel. It's a very good one. But mm -hmm. it's, you know, if we're doing the whole literature versus genre dichotomy, it's genre. Mm -hmm. But yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. No, um, no, of course not. I didn't mean that. No, 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 I know. Um, I think, like, the whole Missy Pyle as uh, What's-Her-Face, the real-life uh, Nancy Grace, that was a little heavy-handed. Yeah, it was a little but. much. <laughs> That's why I thought David Fincher would be a good director. And I think he was, you know, the right choice for this um, because of the whole intercutting thing. One of the things you said to me was it was completely obvious from the beginning what was going on. And, yeah. And I, I mean, I teased you at first. I was like, oh, yeah, you knew Bruce Willis was dead the whole time, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But no, it was completely obvious. Yeah. And that was, I, I mean, I've heard no one talk about that. And I have been sort of like, because the movie, too, is, is, is it's one of those movies that people are writing about online. Hmm. And I, I haven't seen anyone mention the fact that, like, the first scene you know, gets into how Amy, how, how uh, manipulative and sort of cruel that she can be. And I, I just kind of threw up my hands a little bit there. I was like, really? Movie? Like, it, uh, we've been, been ramping up, like, the mystery of this for months. And, like, in the first scene that you're already tipping your hand, you're already saying that uh, th this, uh, this person that we know that we have to find in this... <laughs> in this story is uh, a bit of like a cruel prankster. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. That made me feel like this is a movie for people who've read the book. And that uh, kind of pissed me, that kind of pissed me off. It wasn't though, because we knew it was coming. And so I thought, I, I mean, first off, the first shot of her face kind of gives it away. Yeah. That's even more yeah. true. Yeah. And I mean, I love, the idea of Amy as like a literal demon. Like I, <laughs> I listened to the soundtrack. They had it available on NPR like the week before it came out. And I thought like, this is devil music. And I wish that had been more, I will get into, I have a whole thing about female okay. characters in a second, but just for, you know, being a reader. So I knew it was coming. So I had time to kind of focus on like where it was going. And it was just like, I was thinking, what are people, people who haven't read the book thinking this movie is right now mm -hmm. 
And I think they must just figure out that she's still alive somehow, because otherwise, where is this movie going? Like, Nick is being way too earnest right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's You just it's don't weird. know where it's going unless yeah. something is afoot. For me, like, I don't think Nick, um, the Ben Affleck character, comes across as dickish, as maybe some of, like, the dialogue sort of seems to imply that he is. Yeah, there's not um, enough suspicion he, of him. It, it, seem, it seems like, honestly, I f- feel like the film is pretty sympathetic to Nick, yeah. especially by the end, which I thought, man, what a weird, <laughs> what a weird turn yeah. for this movie. And honestly, around the midway point where they do reveal that Amy is still alive, it was more of a finally and not of a, <gasps> you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, w- I was expecting it to come, and then it came, and I was like, oh, okay, now we're in this part of the movie. Uh, and then it's weird to, it, there's at one point, they reveal that she's alive, and she's, like, fleeing town and her identity and whatever, and there's this great monologue, and she has, is that the cool girl That's- part? I mean, yeah. yes and no. Yes and yes and no. In people, uh, in shambles, yes. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, there was a point where I was like, I must have really loved this movie because this movie's over and it felt really short. <laughs> and um, nope. it actually unfolded for another hour and a half after that. Yeah. And parts of that, uh, that second half were really intriguing. There's like, there's like a span of like 20 minutes or so where you, I think think the movie is going to turn into like a cat and mouse game of nick using like the media to sort of like draw her out mm-hmm. which she does a little but that that ball gets gets dropped pretty there's no pretty... back and forth it's just he does yeah there's it, no back and back. forth it's, it's only in that one interview but i thought oh man what a great i wish that this movie had started earlier this part of the movie started mm-hmm. earlier but even that didn't really have legs so yeah <laughs> <laughs> i do want to talk about how it is a little sympathetic to Nick or more, you know, demonizes Amy. And what made me feel icky in this movie mm. was so much like the basic, basically the moral of this movie is, well, you, there's always another side to the story. And when it comes to like rape <laughs> allegations, yeah, that's I a know. really dangerous. Moral yeah. To take away. I agree. And I felt sort of, unsettled watching a lot of the ending and it wasn't until like i started to read other people's reactions there was like oh this was unsettling too and i was like oh that's why it's because like there's this there's this subtext to it that's like i don't know it doesn't do it doesn't do a great service to thinking on gender you know, all no. these things that we're trying to trying to tackle right now and i'm like this is uh this is squarely in sort of a male mra's wet dream yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I sort of described it as like a Reddit commenter's wet dream. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Same uh, thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so Bye, Reddit. That, we love that you. Ma- that made me feel kind of gross. The other thing, too, is that you said that you liked Amy as sort of like a demon character. Because she does oh. really turn into like a, a device at some point. Like, she's not... She's, she's very scary. She's a scary person. Yeah. But not... It, by the end, for me, not a believable person anymore. Now it's like well, that's you're in sort of you're an archetype sort of land. That would have been better. That is better. Well, here's the thing: the scene, and you hinted at the scene to me, and it was. I'm glad you didn't. I didn't let you ruin it. I came close to making you spoil things for me. But the scene where 
she kills Barney Stinson was incredible. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite scene. And mm-hmm. that's when she became like this demon. You know, she's like having sex with someone who was bleeding out on top of her and she's covered in his blood. And like, I wanted more of that because then it's clear, like she is a demon hell beast. Like this is not normal, you know? Right. Yeah. Like this isn't <sighs> Linda Holmes in her review on NPR made a very good point that, you know, there's so few good women characters like female protagonists that it's a woman starts to represent women mm-hmm. and there's the danger that this you know people walk out of this movie with the feeling of bitches be crazy <laughs> <laughs> the guy like down I, the row from me just basically the credits roll and he went fuck um yeah Yep. But that's not the movie's fault. But I still feel like if she had become less of a woman and more of just like an elemental being of rage, that would have lessened that feeling of just bitches are nuts and out to steal your nuts, you know? <laughs> yeah. I guess I want oh. her to be more passionate and less cold and calculating. Okay. I wanted her to feel like a like a, a real human being. And <laughs> actually the the fact that the journals and everything ended up being fake and you just realize that like she's a psychopath basically that's you know it was responsible for all these deceptions and eventually murdered i don't know it took the wind out of my sails a little bit in terms of being with the movie i sort of was like oh okay she's she's crazy she's you know she's that elemental thing uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't, you know. She's she's basically the Joker to his Batman. Oh, which uh, is, is Batman? Uh, wow. I was thinking I about there. that in the movie, and I think yeah. I'm fine with it. I mean, we have absolutely nothing to go on for his portrayal of Batman. Let's yeah. Just put that out there right now. We have nothing to judge him by. But th- that's the thing with this movie. The acting was all phenomenal. Like I thought, all the actors were great, especially like the smaller roles. Like what's his face, lawyer Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry. I thought he was great. <laughs> I thought he was one of the best performances in the movie. Yeah, um, I thought uh, was it Pat- Patrick Fugit? Um, the co- both cops. Were the incredible. cops were good. I love. I don't have the actress in front of me, but the yeah. the lead detective I thought was great. The sister was great, and that's the thing. The with sister the movie. was great. Awesome. Yeah. The thing. The problem with her is that she makes Nick look sympathetic because she's so cool. Um, yeah. Right. But I mean, the movie does show a range of female characters that, like, within this universe, there are normal people, and just Amy is exceptional and wackadoo. But yeah, I just I especially loved the sis- the last scene with the sister, and like, she's basically mourning Nick. Like that was such a good scene. But so there are all these great elements. Like it looks great. The acting's terrific. But it just fell flat for so long. Yeah. I was shocked that Gillian Flynn is the only credited writer. I'm sure other people touched the script because this is Hollywood. But she's the only credited writer. I don't know. Yeah, she is the only credited writer. I was actually I didn't know that she had adapted it as well Mm -hmm. um, until I was uh, in the theater. I actually after seeing it, wondered if someone else had adapted it, there might have been a focus on different elements. Mm. Especially the mystery of it. There's something, I mean, not to harp on it, but the fact that they tipped their hands so early bugged me so much. I would think that a writer who was coming to, to this material fresh and maybe wasn't treating you know, the film as 
this thing is a supplemental thing to my novel. Not mm-hmm. that I'm saying that she did that, but it did make me wonder. It's like, oh, okay, people who enjoy my book are going to see the movie. They're going to know stuff. And if another writer was like, this is, you know, my adaptation, you know, there are certain elements that I want to really play up. One of them maybe being the, the central mystery, the mystery that all the marketing made, made us feel is, you know, the actual central story. Mm-hmm. That could have been the case. That's all speculation, um, and I'm. Sh- I think she's a great writer. The, the dialogue is great. I thought a lot of the pacing was perfect, but I did wonder what that sort of like original author mentality was bringing to the adaptation. Yeah, it was very close to the book, but they cut some things. Like the scavenger hunt that Amy sends Nick on is serves as a very good distraction in the book. Yeah, from what's going on, and so that kind of is a secondary mystery that takes up a lot of attention, and it actually has more meaning. Like there's you know double meanings to all of her riddles and everything. She's basically saying, "I know you asshole." Um, yeah, and they kind of blow over that, and so that just leaves you there to wonder. So where's this movie going? And so it you inevitably fall on something as a foot. So it, it's much more mysterious and page turning in the book. So I, I don't know, like that got cut and then, or, you know, it never made the script and it just right. got weird. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was you who mentioned this or someone who said that they probably should have just shown Amy from the start for what she was. Like literally, like explicitly, not just, you know, in a shot and winky references to it. Oh, um, I don't think I said that. Um, okay. That's interesting. That that's that's harping more on what I was talking about about like the cat and mouse game mm. over, you know what you know, and we have these every few years. Like I, one of the things that is so interesting about this premise is that like these missing wife stories. I feel like from childhood, every four years, there seems to have been like a, this sensational, like missing wife story. Mm-hmm. And it's always the husband. It's always the husband. And I was like, wow, this is such a great reversal. He knows that she's messing with him because of the way this always plays out in the media. And he's going to try and catch her by playing the system back at her. And like I said, that was maybe 12 minutes of the movie. <laughs> and it, right. it never really picked up. But like, if you exposed Amy for what she was in the beginning, maybe that's that movie. And maybe that would have been more interesting. But no, that that wasn't this movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I saw a lot of people talking about like the media and how it's used in this movie, but it was kind of a soft landing. You know, it's like, oh, people are taking pictures in front of his bar. It's like, okay, yeah. I mean, it's just sort of the same rote, you know, the media uh, yeah, likes a story sort not... of thing. It wasn't really, like, incisive. I think the other thing about this movie is that it's David Fincher. He does harp on usually, like, not subtle themes, but themes that aren't explicitly spoken in the movie. And, like, this has a very, like, damning line about marriage at the end, which I think is one of the themes in the movie. And then, like, the stuff with the media, especially with the Nancy Grace-inspired character, is just so heavy-handed. It yeah. felt... Uh, I, don't, I don't like being hit over the head, stuff like that. Yeah, and I think and that, in the book... that was disappointing. It's more how Nick has bought into it. Like, they couldn't really show this, but, like, when he smiles for the camera, he sort of knows that that's his issue. Like, he's going in kind of dreading, like, if someone tells me to smile, I'm going to smile. Because he's just 
so obsessed with how people perceive him and wanting to be liked. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and that doesn't really... That's not in the movie at all. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, you know, the woman hitting on him and taking the picture, but the, like that's it. Yeah, And right. so the thing with the media, in the book at least, is just he's bought into it. And so is she. And so that's kind of the whole thing. I mean, I love, though, the moment when he does, like, the little tell when he goes on the first show and, like, touches his chin. And, like, my audience lost it at that point. I was just like, you dickhead. You're such an asshole. Because he's, yeah. like, when he's signaling to her, kind of. Right, right. Oh, my God. We're like, you yeah. are such a prick. Um, but, yeah. Well, I mean, it's weird. Like, you get, in your screening, like, people... I mean, I think at that point in the film, you're you're positioned to root for Nick, and like she's watching eating fucking ice cream in the world's most amazing cabin <laughs> uh, in the world, and when he's messaging back at her during that television interview, that and not to harp on this point again, and I already said harp twice, and it's sucky, but got it, it's fine. <laughs> that feels like him like starting to gain ground as a character because he is sort of reactive the whole time right mm -hmm. and the first time that he is sort of wise to to the game that she's playing mm -hmm. and has and has actually a position where he can do something which is to reach out to her he's doing it and it's successful and you're like oh it's not it's happening in the vacuum of the film you completely forget that like you know he is sort of a douchebag, but you're like oh like the the conflict is picking up in the movie. This is good. Like I, yeah. I, I was I'm feeling a thing here. Yeah, he's <laughs> so, not even like wise to her game. He's a step ahead. Yeah, yeah, that's not part of her thing. But he it's like right, that right. to her. I mean, yeah. her performance is great. She is eating it up, and this he knows exactly what she wants. And again, yeah. she says this, but like it's kind of glossed over really quickly. Yeah, he knows how to service her, and that's yeah. what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. And Ugh. so that's but why she goes it's back. It's not what he wants, ultimately. He wants no. to, like, draw her out, but it turns into something very different at the end. There was a lot of laughing at my screening, especially in the second half. And I was so uncomfortable at certain points in this movie. Like, I, I don't think I ever, I don't think I laughed once. But I was so uncomfortable <laughs> during the second half of this movie, especially, like, the last, like, third of it. That's when maybe most of the laughing was, and maybe that's maybe that's everyone else's reaction to being very uncomfortable. But like, is the book funny? Like, was it supposed to be funny? I think it's supposed to be. I haven't read it in a while. It's supposed to be darkly funny, and yeah. people are very wry and knowing. People are like the biggest like moments where I smiled were probably early in the story with the cops, but people were like. Oh, eating up, like, I guess the more ridiculous dialogue between, like, Amy and Neil Patrick Harris there, where he, he's just, like, the most pretentious guy ever, whitest guy ever. Oh, yeah, I um, think people were laughing at him, which I, yeah, I'm sort of fine with, because he was supposed to be a douchebag. I yeah, mean, he was, I guess. He was high on the creep factor. I mean, you understand that he was imprisoning her. He was manipulating her. Yeah, no... No, I I understand that, but he I, and I was never on his side. Like he creeped me out, you know, from oh, yeah. the first scene. It wasn't that I felt bad for him that people are laughing at him. It was just that uh, maybe the movie was successful in making me feel so uneasy. That I'm like, nothing is fu is funny right now. Nothing like, will ever be funny again. <laughs> nothing will ever be funny again. 
So yeah, I, I don't know. And, ba- and that made me suspect, maybe maybe wrongly, that the laughs were maybe unintentional. But you're saying that maybe your your impression was that no, they were intentional. I think he's supposed to be ridiculous, and I think that people might have been uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I don't think if Fincher had been sitting in your theater, he would have been particularly upset that people were laughing. Yeah. So I don't know if it was like supposed to be funny, but I wouldn't say like people were laughing at the movie in a bad way. Yeah. I don't know. I feel okay. like people were kind of snorting in derision at Neil Patrick Harris too. So. Yeah, I mean, there was there's definitely some of that. And maybe um, a little bit at her because it's like, oh, tables have turned, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was definitely all of that, but there was also. There's also definitely, like, laughing at her. There's definitely laughs, like, when she returns. Spoiler alert. Well, there was laughing when she was having her little eyeball standoff with the lady cop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe that just frustrated me, because I was like, man, this is how this is going to end with everybody getting away with everything. Yeah, okay, so let's talk about the ending now. Yeah. Because people were pissed at the book. I was not... They were? Yeah, oh, people hated the ending of the book. Because they wanted comeuppance. I think they deserve each other, so I was fine with it. <laughs> yeah, I think in this story, in in the in the film, and we talked about how it's, it it pretty much is in Nick's corner for a majority of it. I think <laughs> I think at the end, you know, he's a cad, and uh, I guess he deserves this, but like, I feel bad for him. Well, he's more pathetic. I think he's yeah. supposed to be pathetic and like yeah, he's pathetic. At, yeah, yeah, they're I not mean, one of a kind, but they feed off each other and he, like he needs direction and she's gonna give it. I feel bad for yeah. the kid. <laughs> but, uh, yep. But I'm just happy the two of them are together because it means they're not with other people. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, I thought the I thought the ending was fine. Look, if it makes you uncomfortable, think about the guy in the casino. Or the couple that stole all her money. They're going to oh, rec- yeah. they're going to recognize her eventually. So just cast your mind into the future. Oh, it's true, yeah. There's so many holes in her story. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. that was the thing too. Like she returns and there's this like catharsis of her being back and there's that scene where she's recounting the story for the FBI. Right. That was the scene that made me uncomfortable because like, you know, there's so much like people snorting at the FBI guy for yeah, being on yeah. her side. I was like, whoa. Yeah. I think I was I think I think my my own issue with the movie is I was so sort of like unsettled and like I said feeling gross for some of the things that had happened earlier in the story that we're talking about like these some of these gender issues that like by the time it was it was sort of like wrapping itself up in a bow. Like I I I kind of wanted to like go back and be like, "Wait, wait a second. Like I need to still wrap my rant my mind around these other things because right now they just sort of they feel kind of tasteless to me and I, I want to understand them better I'm not ready for this to end it is that's weird to say that for for like a two and a half hour movie because another part of me was very much ready for this to end but for this one I was like I, I don't know if I'm getting out of this movie what it wants me to get out of this movie and now it's ending and I just felt like part of my brain was like churning to like keep up with i don't know maybe i was ex- expecting something not like i said not not grander but just something maybe more so i thought i was missing shit i felt stupid watching it <laughs> uh so but i don't th- you know 
after talking with other people, I, I don't think that's I don't think that's too much of the case. And um, yeah, I was just I was just too grossed out by the time it was it was supposed to be like funny to be like on on board with everybody with the chuckling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. It sends some uncomfortable messages that aren't necessarily mm-hmm. the film's fault. I mean, stuff like, you know, the first boyfriend saying, like, me raping her? Like, could you imagine? Like, yeah, yeah, I could. <laughs> like, not, not like I'm picturing it, but, like, anyone could do Like, it's not, like, you know, yeah, it's not, right, it's not right. the big scary guy in the bushes. It can be your boyfriend, you know? Like, yeah, right, that right. sort of message is uncomfortable. But it, yeah. I blame society, not the movie. Um, but... <laughs> Like, I want more villainous females, like, you know, an awesome, demonic woman villain, but it's just, like, this is so grounded in reality. Yeah. And, like, real issues that it It, made me more It was hitting, yeah, it was hitting too close to home for some stuff. And I brought up last week's episode, this was my Gone Girls, My Geek of the Week, and I brought up that, like, it made me think of Eyes Wide Shut, which is another movie about, like, how evil marriages, but... (laughs) But like how how people sort of just resign to it, and that's what you got out of Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, that movie's about Tom Cruise being a dick bag all over New York City. <laughs> bag of dicks. Yeah. Did yeah. you know I'm a doctor? Oh, shut the fuck up. Oh, I, I don't remember that. Eyes Wide Shut. I don't remember. Like... I don't remember. I, I remember scenes. I don't remember that specific line. He's a dick. He's a dick. Everywhere he no goes, question. he mentions he's a doctor. Every single place. Well, people are like passing out and sick and stuff. No, he'd, like, walk in and be like, hi, I'm a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, well, okay, I I can't defend that. But I did get that out of Eyes Wide Shut, and I do think others got that out of Eyes Wide Shut. And uh, I enjoyed that movie more than I did Gone Girl. Even though it is gross in some of its own ways, they all felt more intentionally gross. I mean, this Mm -hmm. one felt like... A little more sophomore. This one... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah um, if that, I can see that. Okay. There's only slightly more boobs in Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> there would have been more, oh, but were there? Oh yeah, there were there were boobs in uh, Gone Girl. Oh yes, but not enough Ben Affleck dick. <laughs> it was only like three frames. Of... I didn't see anything, and I was looking. Wow. <laughs> I Sorry, guess that's ben a common Affleck. complaint that people even looking for it missed it. It's right as he's entering the shower. Right as he's entering what? <laughs> During what? what? As he's entering what or who? Oh, he's. <laughs> it's right as he's walking into the shower. Oh yeah, that was it. That's now. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Ben Affleck. <laughs> That's it. Oh. Uh, no, it's it's seriously like just two frames of of, of side dick. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic! Oh my god. Uh huh. Um. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Well, I, so, so you didn't hate the ending. Why? I didn't hate. I didn't hate the ending of the book. Basically, because I thought because I thought they deserved each other, and I could cast my mind into the future to oh, a place right, where right. justice is exacted. So, uh-huh. yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't satisfying, but I do appreciate that it, not everything was wrapped up in a nice, tidy bow either. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. no, I hate hate neat endings, but. Um... Or tidy endings, I should right. say. Right, yeah. Um, I, no, I, I liked how messy it was, for sure. I didn't even, like, particularly not like the ending. I thought the ending was fine. And uh, your your take is they deserve each other, but my experience is, like, oh, you're you're pathetic and you let this happen yourself. Well, yeah. 
And that's why he yeah, deserves I I, her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Um, yeah, that's why it's not like, you know, they're both equals. It's that yeah, yin right. and yang. It's that mm-hmm. she is what he needs and he is what she needs. Mm-hmm. He is what she needs more than he. she is what he needs. But um, it's just they found their match. In a, well, no, because that gives him too much credit. Um, but, yeah, they just work off each other in a way that seems to complement them both. So Yeah. Let them have each other. The book is probably ruined for you at this point. I mean, I think it is good, but if you you know didn't like this movie enough, you, it's going to be hard to separate mm-hmm. that. I will still recommend Dark Places to you. Yeah, no, I def- I'm definitely interested in reading another novel by her, by Gillian Flynn, because there were enough interesting elements of this story where that's a mind I can I can get behind, and <laughs> I'd be interested to know her take on other things. So yeah, I, she is now on my my sort of reading list. I don't like I said, unless I'm like blown away by another book of hers i don't think i'll be picking up gone girl just because the mystery of it sort of ruined yeah i mean sharp objects is also good but i think you would probably actually like dark places it's her take on in cold blood and oh right <clears throat> yeah it's just like i just love it because the main character is a girl and she's just like a scumbag like she's not evil like amy she's just a dirtbag yeah and she's great and she's still sympathetic, and yeah, it's just a really fun read. You know, she does the whole back and forth, you know, chapters, different perspectives, and just like the craftsmanship of that alone is mind blowing. Mm. So, even from just like a craft perspective, that book is amazing. So, I would highly recommend Dark Places. Okay. Cool. It's on the list. Awesome. After Blood Meridian. You have a cheery list coming up. <laughs> Get you something fun in there. Jeez. Uh-huh. Do you want to do Geek of the Week? Oh, we got to rate it first. Oh, sorry. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah. So, we're going to do ratings, and I'm going to have to come up with a scale on the fly. So, Rob, mm-hmm. on a scale of one to five box cutters, what would you give this movie? I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it two and a half box Aww. cutters. Yeah. Okay. That's actually, yeah. that's fine, I guess. Um, yeah, it's, it's middle of the road. <laughs> for myself, on a scale of one to five clearly magical demonic powers that help Amy gain and lose weight in like a week, because um, <laughs> I want to know how she does it, uh, <laughs> that also make her somehow unrecognizable because she gets a little jowly and a bit of a pudge, even though her face has been on television for like a month. Uh, I'm going to give it like a three and a half. Okay. Yeah, three and a half. It was solid. I would tell people to watch it if they were interested. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, it's, it's a tough call. Like, part of me is like, yeah, if you catch it on like HBO or something. That's what I told prob- my mom. Watch it on demand. Yeah, it's probably good. But on the other hand, like, it's Fincher photography, and a lot of it was mm. uh, quite gorgeous. So, I don't know, if you're if you're into... And it into is fun gl- to hear the audience reacting to things. Yeah. Well, for me, it was confusing right. and unsettling. But <laughs> <laughs> if you go in with the, in the right headspace, then yeah. yes. I, I made my mom read the book, and, uh, <laughs> you know, she wanted like, to, whatever. Um uh-huh. And that woman is so freaking astute. It's like impossible to talk to her about it. 
Because I'm like, okay, you should read Gone Girl. She's like, all right, I just bought it on my Kindle. I think she did it. Or no, she's like, I think she's still alive. Like, I did. Eh. <laughs> she's like, oh yeah, and I think the baby's the neighbors. I'm like, what the fuck? How did you get that? Oh wow. I mean, from the book, but yeah. I was like, how? Mm. Why do you think that way, mom? There are enough clues in the title and the dedication to make the the. She's like the, halfway through, but still, she's yeah. like, ah, I can't say anything. Yeah. At what point in the book is it revealed that Amy is alive? Is it late or Half, is it early? halfway through? It's just like the Half, movie. Just like the movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. And I think because in the book it's an actual like change in the structure. Because it goes mm-hmm. from Nick's point of view, diary, Nick's point of view, diary, Nick's point of view, Amy. And, mm-hmm. like, that's an actual, like, you see it on the page. Mm-hmm. Like, now we're getting Amy's point of view. Surprise, bitch. That, I think it's more jarring because you're actually, like, seeing something change in front of your eyes. In a movie, it doesn't happen that way. Because, like, in the movie, we see her, you know. A lot, yeah. In the flashback, right. and she's not alive, but, like, we still see her moving. Yeah. It's hard to, but just like the format change makes a difference, I think. So it hits a little bit harder than it does in the right, movie. Right. But yeah. And I'll, like her motives are just sort of like, oh, I saw him cheating, and so now I'm going to go completely psycho bitch. Like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> <laughs> or like, in the, in the, she seemed to have more like seething rage throughout. In the, in the book. In the book. Like, she was yeah, always w- on a light simmer. And that would have helped, yeah, because she's too... She's pretty... She's she's painted well in the flashbacks uh, as sort of like a pleasant, balanced person. Even though her parents are clearly messed up and wrote children's books about her. Which oh, yeah, her parents were dicks. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And, like, yeah, like, the moment... You know, they kind of skip over when they ask for money, and she kind of goes, oh, we're fucked now. And they're, they're just, like, come off as, like, so clueless. Because, like, yeah. they also have more of a hand in the investigation, and I think at one point, right. like, they start working with the police against Nick, and so they're just really irritating, because they so don't get it. And yeah, right, like, right. you raised this she-demon, like, what's your fucking problem? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, um... And, like, it's not their fault, but they're just so irritating. Yeah, they were, I mean, there's they're only in a few scenes, yeah. I guess, in the movie, but they're irritating in all of them. Yeah. And you, you sort of get, like, as soon as it's revealed that, uh, th- that they used, um, Amy to write children's books, and then also, like, um, made her feel bad with those children's books, um, there's, like, oh, there's, like, this moment where you're, like, oh, this is all your fault. Yeah. <laughs> no, she was um, probably born that way to be that crazy. To, to be that Well, yeah, good well by the job. by the end she's she's, you know, evil incarnate, but for that gray space in the middle where you still think she's a human being, you're like, "Oh, she was but she, she was, was so, she was made, not born." She was so good though. Like all the steps, all the planning, everything. Mm-hmm. Using different pens, you know. <laughs> <laughs> was that the point where you were like, "Oh, we're dealing with a mastermind"? I was like, using <laughs> using different <laughs> like kind of root for. Well, I also know that like Gillian Flynn actually looked into like, can you date Pennick? Can you, yeah, can you, like can you... carbon date oh, or whatever, oh. so that they could tell that this was written a month ago instead of two years ago or five years mm-hmm. ago. And but did they? Is that 
that wasn't in the book. I mean, it's, I'm sorry, that wasn't in the movie. Was it? They didn't try to do that. Well, no, I mean, but that was just something Fincher is so, like, obsessive about. It's just, like, is that something that people can test or something? Right, So right. she looked into, like, if it's, you know, recent enough, they can't tell the difference. Like, if it's within the last 10 years. Like, you can tell if something was written 20 years ago or 10 years ago. But within, like, a certain span, it's all the same. Right. And so yeah. you can't tell if this was written, you know, in the past month or five years ago when it was supposed to have been written. Yeah. So yeah. just, like, stuff like that. But that's, yeah. that's the writer thing. But just, like, that she was using, you know, different pens for, like, her different stages in life. Right. And it's there's the, the moment that, uh, thinking about the movie, that you go back, that I go back to a, after walking out of it and being like, man, she was just such an evil mastermind was uh, at the beginning when they asked Dick, like, what does she do all day? And he's like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. And it's like, she's doing evil shit every day. It's her job. For eight hours. She's putting in so much work yeah. in this. And you have no idea. Oh, God. Yeah. But I was also just like, yeah, no. Well, I mean, they did it in the movie. It's like, he doesn't know her blood type. And then, you know, he walks away. And the other oh, cop is yeah. like, am I supposed to know my wife's blood type? And it's like, yeah. no. And I'm like, I don't even remember my own blood type. I don't know my own blood type. <laughs> <laughs> and I've given blood and I still don't remember. So, uh. <laughs> yeah. so it was such a cute moment between the cops and it's like am i supposed to no don't worry about it yeah no that was a great it's one of my favorite moments <laughs> and it just like gives them both like it just nails both of their characters where like she's mm-hmm. obviously putting on oh i just love it <laughs> <laughs> i think that's all we had to say about gone girl gone girl yeah i mean he yeah dave venture comes up all the time on this podcast as sort of like a, a dream director for x project right. uh his fan base is uh, well represented on this a serious business, but this one just uh, was di- didn't hit home for me like his his other ones. And I even like most Dragon Tattoo more than most people. Yeah. This is I think this is sad to say uh, my least favorite of his. Although I've only seen Benjamin Button once. That's <laughs> enough. We'll I, I, I like his work. I really like the Social Network. Yeah, and too. I've been listening to the soundtrack. Well, I had to turn it off because it was freaking me out too much. Um, <laughs> of uh, Social Network? Gone Girl. Oh, Gone Girl. But, yeah, you know, well, Trent Reznor is like his, uh, his go-to guy now. And Atticus Ross, don't forget him. Right, yes. Uh, but, yeah, no, I really like the Social Network. It makes me feel nostalgic. even though they it, do, it makes me feel nostalgic, too. Even though they talk shit about our school. <laughs> they do talk shit about our school. <laughs> These assholes. Yeah. It's like, you don't have to study because you go to be like, hey, I didn't study and I didn't do so great. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fuck. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. and then, like, later, they're like, they talk, and get us in the BU bridge. They hate writing about Harvard. I was like, fuck, that's true. Yeah. Yep. But anyway. Uh, um, that's an, I want to see that one again. I haven't seen that in a long time. Oh, uh, yeah. I own it. It's good. Um, and, ooh, th- the commentary is really good. Arnie Hammer is adorable. But, yeah, Fincher fan, I didn't like Dragon Tattoo. But. Yeah. Because it's, 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 like, exactly the same as the Swedish one, except more tawdry and gross. Yeah. So, uh, yep. Yeah. Agreed. And I actually, I only saw this, not even the whole thing, uh, the Swedish one afterwards, because I was curious. I'm like, how is this different? And I'm like, this is the same fucking movie. Yeah. Like, literally, like, scene for scene i just turn off the swedish one because it's like at that point i really like the island stuff in dragon tattoo especially in the second half like the, the oh, mystery like in the 
cabin together? Yeah, some of that stuff, but more more of like um, mapping out the mystery of what actually happened to Harriet, I think her name is, and sort of like the atmosphere of these weird estates where all these uh, <laughs> these messed up family members live. Right. Uh, I, I like that part because I was like, oh, this is such a, it's pulpy, but it's presented in such a such like a atmospheric and serious way. Well, that's that's the part with that I, makes me keep going back to Dragon Tattoo. If you're interested in depressed and or incredibly murderous, bloody Swedish people, I mm. would recommend Wallander. Is that a... It's a TV series that, uh, I don't know, I think it was on the BBC? I don't know, it's on Netflix. Or it was. I, they might have taken yeah, it, it away. Yeah, it sounds familiar. It's uh, Kenneth Branagh. Tom Hiddleston shows up a little bit. But yeah, it's basically like Kenneth Branagh is a world-weary cop who keeps running into these horrible cases. I'm like, what sort of... <laughs> like... It's Sweden in Wallander is up there with Maryland and Hannibal for like murder towns. Like, yeah, I know Sweden yeah. country. Um, <laughs> and Maryland state. <laughs> yes. The town of Sweden. <laughs> yeah, sorry Sweden. Um, <laughs> sorry Marcus. Uh, <laughs> but like, how many grisly murders happen up there? But um, there's like a there's like a big dark. Sp- streak in in central europe maybe it's because they don't get like a lot of death, sunlight death, just like a huge yeah i mean They're there's a huge like dark death metal scene out there there's actually a really disturbing documentary about it they're on, all on vitamin Netflix. d deficient and so they're all depressed. Ugh, yeah yeah no like and I, when i say death metal i i don't mean like like anthrax or like i mean like underground like <laughs> like bandmates killing each other death metal like really scary stuff um, death metal is death I can't think of the name of the movie but uh, there is a disturbing documentary on Netflix about I think it's Sweden if it's not Sweden it's definitely uh, Central Europe one of the neutral countries yeah I, I decided to put Wallander on I you know come home with my takeout burrito and cause I've already watched all of Sherlock's and I was Wallander and burritos and <laughs> And so I'm putting it on, and I'm like, you know, starting to eat, and the first scene in Wallander is self-immolation! And so, Ooh. like, the burrito goes down, and I'm like, oh no, this isn't fun at all. Like, the dude eating popcorn in Gone Girl, it's like the Eddie Izzard bit about just, like, eating popcorn in a theater, and you're like, no. <laughs> like, this is not a popcorn movie. There's no eating during this. It's bad. Mm-hmm. That took a weird turn. Um, yeah, dude. <laughs> Do you want to do Geek of the Week or do you just want to wrap this up? Let's do Geek of the Week. Alright, let's do Geek of the Week. Yeah. Alright, so, Rob. Oh, shit. That means I have to go first? Okay. Um, I just did one. <laughs> you're always so surprised. I mean, this one I did kind of spring on you, but you're, like, yeah. you're always surprised that there's Geek I think of the week. I'm, I'm more interested to hear what other people have to say. And then uh, I have to actually produce content. I'm like, I don't I can't, I'm making can't do the that. jerk off hand gesture over here. <laughs> just like, shut up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh the the dark behind the scenes secrets of this serious business. Oh, yeah. Uh keep the week. Jesus. Um Do you want me to go? Yeah, go go first. Okay. So I'm gonna talk about Beat the Blurch. So yeah, there's the comic The Oatmeal. It's fairly famous online, but Matthew Inman did a whole six page bit about why he runs and the first panel page of that was he doesn't believe in the wall you know some runners think like oh i do a marathon at 20 miles i just hit a wall and suddenly everything sucks he believes in the blurge which is like a fat fairy that follows you around when you run and is basically your voice of reason going you don't have to do this (laughs) 
you could go home and eat cake right now. Uh-huh. Doesn't that sound nice? And so, mm-hmm. you know, this comic creator, he's been doing runs around. He's done a couple now. And he did one in New York City. And it was totally free, which was incredible. So it was pretty low budget. Like, there was no course markers. It wasn't a closed course. Basically, just like, have a fun run in Central Park. And when you get back to the New York Runners Company, we'll have cake for you. And lo, there was cake. On, like, almost no training and a slightly twisted foot from falling on my ass in the Strand two weeks ago. I I ran a four-mile race. And they actually had people in fat suits and blurch suits. They weren't chasing us, which was good, because I was afraid I might just, like, freak out and punch one um, on accident. <laughs> um, they were just there, and just like, hey! Some were just, like, happy and running with us. At one point, when I was about to get lost, there was, like, a crossroads, and I'm like, which way do I go? I have no idea where I am right now. This one lady was like, oh, no, you just run down this way. And the blurch was just like, no, 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 just, just come here. Come here. You just stay here. Everything's fine. And he had a bag of barbecue potato chips. Mm. And so I took some. And then I ran the rest of the way and was tasting barbecue the rest of the way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's like no finish line. I was just like, just ran back to, you know, Columbus Circle. But they had grape juice and cake at the end. And I got his book and I got it signed. So yeah, that was super fun. No, I don't think even participating in some like a viral celebration of a thing could get me out running. <laughs> you know, with like-minded people. I hate running so much. They, I mean, so very it is fun. Like, I've done a few, like, little races and things. And some longer races, too. What the hell? I'm going to pump myself up a little bit. I did a half marathon. No big deal. Uh, oh, just... And I, it was miserable the entire time. Yeah, you're insane. I know. But barring any Amy Dunn demon weight loss things, what else am I going to do? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like, you make little pals along the way and everything. So, you know, it's fun to get out there. and Especially, like, when you're going on a nerdy run like this. Uh-huh. Um, when you all have like something in common, right? I did, I did right. go with a friend, but I was just like, "Go on without me. We'll both be happier." Oh, just go! <laughs> I'll see you at the end, because uh-huh. on a good day, I run a twelve-minute mile, so I'm not fast. Like I'm running, and like walking people are lapping me, so it's not good. You know, just chatting with people, you know, in line or whatever next to you. So it was fun. Yeah, camaraderie. Yeah. Yeah. Cake at the end. It's good stuff. Cake at the end. That helps. It's like the carrot in front of the donkey. You're like, ah! <laughs> How right. mad would you be if there were no, if there actually wasn't cake and you were told there was cake? <laughs> if I was told there was cake and there was no cake, I'd be a little pissed. But I think there would be riots because I feel like like I came I here right after work. Like I left work ten minutes early to do this. Where's my cake? <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, they had like these giant sheet cakes. Like they were humongous, and they were just like bringing out box after box. It was amazing. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Well then, well congratulations. Oh, thank I, you. I could never do it, even with the promise of boxes and boxes of sheet cake. <laughs> do you have time to think uh, of something? Yeah, I thought of thing, and I did. It did actually, I think, get mentioned for a moment last week. But I took a gander at uh, the latest season of The Walking Dead over this weekend uh, because it's uh, it's new, and uh, I've been running out of things to watch. And I did. I, before that, I sort of gave up on the show. It just wasn't my thing anymore. But uh, I saw that there were new episodes, and I put them on. And for the, the fr- I think it was broken up into two, like, half seasons, which happens all the time now. And the first half was like, okay, this is more of the show that I recognize. But the second half of this, I think it's season four of The Walking Dead, was actually 
kind of great. Uh, <laughs> and I did, I did hear, I did hear like rumblings of this earlier this year that like, man, The Walking Dead got like really good. And I just sort of ignored it because like a lot of the show's proponents, like I don't even, I, I don't know what anyone is even getting out of Walking Dead, even for for much of the time that I was watching it. Like it's, it's basically. It felt for a long time like a medium for like on-screen zombie kills for like teenage boys. <laughs> I mean, that sounds harsh, but there is some interesting stuff, and the performances are many of them are very good. But this this last half of season four is great, and it's good, and there are ideas and <laughs> the, the what? zombie. Yeah, I know. And the zombie portions don't feel as obligatory. I guess everything just felt more motivated, and the characters felt like they're in a corner and i think smartly i think one of the things that made this half season great was that they broke up the cast into smaller pairings i guess i still haven't really sussed out why but this for some reason just made the writing better there's just more emotional real estate to capitalize on when these characters are sort of mismatched and on their own Mm -hmm. and I, I I don't know if the writer's room changed or they just realized, like, hey, we can't talk about, like, growing potatoes in a farm anymore. Uh, I'm sorry, not a farm, a prison. But they, they totally just blew up, like, their their whole whole premise for the last couple of years and broke all these characters off, put them on their own. It just came alive. So I don't know if I'll be watching the newest season, but for those of you, and I do know some people that have given up on The Walking Dead, at least tune in for that second half of season four because it's uh it's good and it's even messed up. There's even some like like weird sort of disturbing shit in there. So yeah, good TV, The Walking Dead. You get a, a thumbs up this week. All right, this yeah. week, but they're on notice. <laughs> you haven't convinced me yet, but uh, I see what you're doing there, and uh, it's promising. All right. All right. Uh, so I have no idea how to end this episode. Uh, how to end this episode. Wow, it was gone. Tisbycast.com. So, uh, what? <laughs> this is the most organized just, episode of all time. <laughs> we're going to end it with shameless promotion. Oh, yeah. We didn't even mention all that shit. Exactly. <laughs> you have enough Twitter followers. You don't need any more. Hey, I need them all. Okay. Um, all tw- you're going to be up there with Bieber. I do. Where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, at Heroes Are Boring. Find me on Twitter at Nero's Liar. That's L Y R E because I am an idiot and chose a homonym for a, uh, <laughs> a Twitter handle. Yeah, it's gonna be annoying. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Somewhere out there, there's someone with the other spelling who's getting all my followers. <laughs> is what I tell myself. <laughs> That's how uh, I sleep at night. How's your ankle, by the way? It's fine. Thank you for asking. Yeah. I uh, fell down I... the stairs to the Strand because I'm an idiot. <laughs> At the Strand, you didn't mention that part. Yeah, well... That makes it funnier. Yeah, thanks. But I'm sorry. I pretty seriously uh, cut my hand recently. We are Jeff's the been sick. Yeah, you know, it, there's a there's a Tisby curse, and uh, it's real. But uh, I'm sorry to hear about your ankle and uh, you falling down the stairs at the Strand. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I tried Gotham. I don't think I can do that. Uh, and I don't know. There are other shows like The Flash and Constantine coming out that everyone's for some reason people are asking me about these shows. Like, I must be very obviously a geek in real life because they're like, "You gonna watch this?" And I'm like, N- "No, 
No, I'm not. Sorry, I'm like, you don't pass as a normal. So. I don't think I pass as a normal person because I'm everyone's go-to for these shows, <laughs> and I have no, I have no plans to watch them. This is serious business. Two frames of side dick.